Real Cuff Radio is about to begin. Everybody loves a hero. I believe there's a hero in all of us. Good afternoon. This is Sandra from Real Cub. Today, I'm excited to say we have a Christian author, Lori McAfee. I'm going to let her share a little bit about herself, but I want to tell you how I found her book. Uh, she's associated with the group that sends Bibles, and when I called to order some Bibles to give out for our ministry, my husband was looking at the website, and he saw the book on there, and he said, Sandra, you're supposed to order that book and read it. So I did, and this has been maybe six months ago, and I usually... I. I I used to love fiction, but I like to be in the Word. I like to be in scriptures. And so I got the book, and as I began, it was almost every uh, every passage there was almost God-breathed fiction. It was just, it was the way she put it together. It was awesome. So we're going to get into the book, and she's going to begin to share about herself, and then we've got a lot of good questions, and I believe this will be a, inspirational it will be a interview that will touch your life so Lori go ahead Uh, I'm so honored and I just thank you for asking me to do this it's just put a smile on my face Um, I grew up in Dallas Texas um, and was blessed to be in a Christian home I went to a Good Shepherd Episcopal School of Dallas so when I look back on my childhood, I don't ever remember not believing in God, which is such a blessing. Um, after third grade, we moved into the Park Cities, where I graduated from Highland Park High School in Dallas. I went on to the University of Oklahoma, where I studied journalism and enjoyed getting to write on the newspaper for a bit, and always just had a love for the Lord in my heart. Wasn't perfect, made a lot of bad choices, but God's hand was always on my life, and I just always had a love for him. Um, Writing was something I always wanted to do, but I just honestly never thought about it until some cool things started with this book. So I'm excited to talk about it. Okay. From the beginning, what made you want to write the book? Well, I would say it was actually two things. There was a question and a dream. And you see, when I was eight years old, I remember my teacher pulling me close and asking me, what do you want to be when you grow up? And I thought about it and I answered her at eight years old, I want to be an author. And I remember taking my seat and wondering why I said that, because the truth was I was not a reader at all. Like if you looked at the classroom reading wall, there would have been no stars next to my name. Like I never read. And sadly, that did not change for years. But when I joined a youth staff at Highland Park Presbyterian Church in Dallas, um, I began reading and that was only because I was forced to read. I had this junior high girl and she kept bringing me books and like insisting that I read them. The first book she gave me was called God Smuggler. And it was about a missionary who would sneak Bibles into communist countries. The next book she gave me was Corey Ten Boom's A Hiding Place about this amazing family that hid Jews during the Holocaust. And I loved these two books. In fact, they became the springboard into my love for reading. So I have to say that the Lord used that one tenacious teen 
to open my eyes to this undiscovered passion for books. Um, now to the dream. If you fast forward to the spring of 2008, we've all had those moments where we wake up and we cannot stop thinking about what we've dreamt. And that is exactly what happened to me. I woke up, I could still feel the emotions from the dream, like it was so vivid and so real. And something in me didn't want it to stop. And so I literally got up and went and started to write it down. And that dream actually became chapter one in my book. And then around that one chapter, I began to prayerfully weave my story and began to write Finding Forever. What was initially felt that you felt like held you back from beginning writing? Yeah, I would say fear. Um, I would definitely say I've struggled with fear and fear of man and what people thought of me. And it, boy, it was loud when I began to write. It was strange because I was feeling the same emotions, the same anxieties that I did when I was in middle school. Now, I was bullied pretty bad my sixth grade year. That was a really tough year. And um, I, it was funny because those were the faces that just kept coming to my mind. And here I was in my 30s, stressing about with some mean girls were going to think about me writing a book. And it was really strange. And I, now I can look back and see how the enemy was at work. But I remember really seeking the Lord about it. Like, why, why am I feeling so much fear and discouragement? And the Lord just made it so clear. He's just so kind. And he just was gently speaking into me and teach, teaching me what was going on. And he basically said to me, why are you letting these false taunts keep you from what I'm calling you to do? And he was right. I was giving power to my past, to a handful of girls that were not even in my life anymore, and the enemy of my soul. So I quickly rebuked those lies, shook them off. I got to work. And it's funny, God told me to cut out all TV, all reading, and even my fun video games, which is a big deal because I loved Candy Crush. Um, I was so prayerful about writing this book. Daily, daily, I would seek the Lord before I began to write. And there were even days when I would sit down and I would not know what, where a scene was going to go or what I was going to write that day. But I would pray, Lord, just join me and write through me. And I would begin to type. And it was just such a blessing because by the end of that day, I would be really, really excited and pleased with that chapter or that scene or whatever it was I was writing. And I will say to you that it was, it was like one of the most fun, greatest adventures I've ever had with the Lord. Well, tell me the main message of Finding Forever. Well, since Finding Forever is what is considered inspirational women's fiction, my goal was to make the story and the characters not only real and relatable, but ultimately inspirational. And more than that, I wanted my readers to see how God uses people, the church, and the ups and downs of life to bring us back to himself. So I can honestly say that my prayer consistently while writing this book was for my readers to feel hope and a taste of God's great grace. And as for the message, I would say that it's the story of one woman's journey to find release from her past, hope for her future, and a love that will last forever. You want to tell me a little bit about the story? Sure. Um, to answer that question, let me first start with one of my favorite Bible verses. Proverbs 14:12 says, There is a way that seems right to a man, but in the end it leads to death. And as believers, I think we can all agree that we are living in a messed up world. 
things that are good and right and honorable are scorned and looked down upon while the things of this world, its pleasures, its conveniences, its morals, they're celebrated and promoted. And sadly today, I think there are many lines that are blurred. And oftentimes Christians not only fade into the mix, but they're no different from the rest. And so for my heroine, Katie Kaufman, the lines in her life had definitely become far from clear. I believe it's because she had surrounded herself around people that weren't loving the Lord and weren't seeking his ways. And this was despite her growing up in a Christian home. So I think Paul so wisely says in 1 Corinthians 15:33, he says, bad company corrupts good character. And ultimately, Katie's choices lead her to believe and follow the ways of the world, like the story in so many of our own lives. And so much so that after Katie graduates from college in Colorado, she agrees to move in with her boyfriend and live with him. And she reasons that it's expected and, you know, just what you do. But because the Lord is so faithful, even when we are faithless, he mercifully, and I believe out of his great love for Katie and for us when he does this in our own lives, he pulls out the rug from underneath her so he can bring her back to himself. Katie's world is turned upside down when her boyfriend, Marcus, meets someone else and proceeds to kick her out of the house they share. And with nowhere else to go, Katie's forced to move home back to small town, Texas. And then, of course, I have to throw the love triangle in there. So there's two men that I threw into the mix. One is a doctor that Katie meets on the flight home, and the other is her closest friend and coworker who secretly loves Katie but has never been able to share his feelings. So ultimately, readers get to walk alongside Katie as she wrestles with her hurt and her shame from her past, as she finds peace in the midst of forgiveness, and as she enjoys the elements of romance on the road to finding love. That's good. I love, I love the way that you've incorporated the family and the church into your story. Uh, I love the neighbor that when you were living with Marcus, uh, she just gave you such good godly advice. And I love yes. Pastor Dave and his sermons. I love, it, it was so it was so precious. Yes, I have an 11 year old granddaughter. And I'm going to give her the book after we've done this. I thought the advice you've given throughout your book, Kids Today, are in such a crazy world. Yes. And yes. even those even those who are in a Christian family, there's so many things against them. Mm-hmm. But yeah. anyway, once Katie made her choice, she still struggled. And this is in the book. Once Katie in the book made her choice, she still struggles with insecurities. Why did you lead yes. the reader in this way? Because I think it's reality. I mean, women are constantly comparing themselves with each other or competing with each other. And I remember um, when I was first dating my now husband, I I just felt so much insecurity. And it was probably rooted in the fact that, that one of my college boyfriends had cheated on me. And several of my friends knew and all these people knew and no one told me. And I just, I felt like such an idiot. And it just caused so many wounds in my my heart and in my um, confidence. And I remember when we were first dating, we were walking, we just walked out of a store and we were holding hands and we passed by this young woman who was real cute and she smiled at Andrew and he, you know, she kind of was eyeing him and oh my goodness, my just confidence just flew out the door and I just felt so insecure. And I remember going to the Lord immediately and saying, Lord, you know, why, why do I feel this way? Like why? And he just took me to first Corinthians 13, you know, the chapter on love. And 
verse seven says that love always protects, love always trusts, love always hopes and always perseveres. But I had never seen the words that love trusts. And they just flew like fluorescently off the page to me. And immediately I just knew then and there that I had to choose to trust my soon-to-be husband, that he was who I thought he was, that he was a good man who truly loved the Lord and truly loved me. You, uh, what, I'm, what I'm thinking about, give some uh, sort of help to those of us that are kind of writing the book, but we're kind of fearful and holding back some. Give some of that information. It'll be other listeners, too. Absolutely. Um, the best advice I could give to a hopeful writer is, gosh, the Internet was such a great resource for me. I mean, I Googled everything on how to set up my document, what, what are the proper fonts, how to query an agent. I mean, I learned so much just Googling. I also joined some writing groups around my town, and then I did go to a writing conference that wasn't too far from my home. And I got some great advice from other writers. Um, I even was able to meet an agent and just kind of pick her brain. Um, I will also say that I chose to have some good friends that were like English majors edit my book and just give me advice on, you know, things I was writing incorrectly or just general advice. Um, But there's lots of information that you can glean from the Internet. We're so blessed to have that. And that truly helped me. Good. uh, To purchase the book, where can they find it? Well, I ended up self-publishing. Um, I queried about 80 agents, and unfortunately, I didn't really have any ends, and that's just kind of how the game works nowadays. So my husband and I saved money. My family was so gracious to, to help us meet, get, get my dream done, and so my family helped us self-publish, and I self-published with West Bow Press which is a really reputable Christian self-publishing company. Um, it was a great experience. It wasn't cheap, but it was a great experience. So you can find my book on West Pro Bet, at West Pro, oh my gosh, sorry, westbowpress.com, and then you just go to their bookstore. My book is also available on Amazon and Barnes & Noble. Okay, well, we're going to post all of that here on the on the website, we're going to post all of that. I really believe you're going to be writing more books. I'd just like to pray over you right now that the Lord open that door and give you wisdom of what he wants you to write next. Because I had told you that when I read it, I was, I had gone through an illness and uh, a number of years and I'm quite elderly. And I, I started reading it, and like I said, as I began to read it, I mean, it was like Pastor Dave's sermon. Everything that was said was like God breathed, spirit breathed. It wasn't just like a fiction book. And so yeah. I just felt Thank like you. it really it really touched my heart and my, my, oh, my soul God. and my body. So I, I was so glad that I had read it. And Thank I believe you. that you'll be, you'll be writing another one, but but you're so, Laura, you're such an awesome speaker also. Your, wow, your, thank your you. testimony. Yeah, I believe you'll be giving your testimony. Now, Lord, I spoke that into being and said words, but you bring it about. Lord, we just ask yeah. the blessing over her. Would yeah. you want to say a blessing over the people? Absolutely. I'd love to pray for those that are listening. And I just have to say that one of the themes in my book is that God doesn't expect us to be perfect that he just wants our hearts and he's for us. He's not against us. And we just 
need to learn how much he loves us. So that's so much of what I want to pray. So let me, let me just pray for the listeners right now. Lord, first and foremost, I thank you for the power of prayer. Lord, first Peter 5, 7 says that we can cast our cares on you because you care for us. So I thank you that you hear us when we pray and you love us faithfully and you care about us so intimately and so perfectly. I pray for each person that is listening, that they might have the power to understand how wide and how long and how high and how deep your love for them truly is. Lord, you are for us. You are the God of the universe is for us. You are not against us. And if we ask you, Lord, you will forgive us and you will wash us clean. And I pray if there's any listeners out there who are feeling stuck in shame or self-loathing, Lord, I pray that you would show them who they really are in you, that they are forgiven and free and loved and accepted, valued and wanted. Lord, help us to fix our hearts and our minds on you, Jesus, for you truly are the author of our lives and the perfecter of our faith. And it's in Jesus' holy and precious name I pray. Oh, that's special. That's special, Lori. I want to thank you for coming on and and for what you shared and and the inspiration you are to others that will be listening to this. And I I just thank you. Bless you, darling. Have a blessed life. And I thank you. And that's a wrap, Real Cuff. Mm -hmm.